Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. So glad to see all of you this morning. It's a gift to be together in worship, to be in God's house, and to just celebrate the goodness of God. Uh, our world is so complicated and challenging, it, it just feels good to gather and worship and be in His presence and trust in that love that, that is filling all of our hearts and helping us know what to do and how to be as we go from, from place to place. We're in Mark's gospel this morning, as Laurie uh, mentioned just a moment ago. Uh, we're going to be reading the passage right before the one that she described. We'll be in chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. Let's pray together before we hear the word of God. Lord, we are thankful. We love you so very much. We thank you that you love us, that you have declared we are worthy of your love, even though we don't feel that way. Lord, we know how deep our sin goes. We know how far your grace reaches, and we fall on our faces in your presence, grateful that you have forgiven us and brought new life in Jesus Christ. As we open your word now, would you send your Holy Spirit afresh, help us to hear what you say to us today with glad and thankful hearts. Help us to hear, to listen, and to do whatever it is that you are calling out of us. We pray this in the strong and mighty name of your Son, Jesus. May the people of God say, Amen. Well, here, uh, Mark 1, let us hear the word of God. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he, Jesus, entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in the, their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? We know, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. 
Our setting, as Laurie mentioned, is Capernaum, a wonderful little town on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. It became Jesus' second home, really. It was a home base for his ministry in Galilee. I was on the trip with Laurie, and so I brought pictures too. We didn't know. Uh, I want to show that first picture. Uh, that is Peter's house where Jesus lived. And right now, after this picture was made, a church was built on top of this and uh, it's a round-type house. The center circle is really what it was uh, right at Jesus' time, and it had to be added on to as time went on. This was actually probably the first house church. Uh, Christians have been gathering there for worship since the very beginning. It became a, a very sacred place after the death and resurrection of Jesus. If you look uh, carefully when you're there, you can see Christian graffiti all over the walls, little crosses and the Cairo and the fish symbol, all those things carved on those stone walls. And there are two altar tables like what we have for communion, or worship tables where folks gather around which the service happens in, in that place. It's really neat to see that and to think that Jesus actually lived there for a time. Uh, just up the street, you can go to the synagogue at Capernaum. Let's go to the next slide. That's, that's what it looks like today. Uh, it's on the same footprint as the one that was there during Jesus' time. The floor is still there from Jesus' time. This one was built in about the 5th century, the 4th or 5th century. It's known as the White Synagogue, built over the top of the, the uh, original one. Uh, we went there. We read this passage there uh, where this actually happened. It's fascinating to see uh, that it's been put back together at some level. That gives you a sense of the size, the scope of the facility. Uh, a room about as big as this one, but turned the other way. Uh, go to the next slide. You can see that black stone is actually from Jesus' time. And so we were standing on the floor where this actually happened. It's just, it was very powerful to be in that place, just to stand there and think about Jesus teaching in that synagogue. You could sit on the seat of Moses. We all had our picture made there. I think Scott and I had our pictures made sitting on the seat of Moses there. And uh, just a, a wonderful experience to, to go and be there. Laurie and I were the only two that had trouble with uh, passport control every time we came and went anywhere. We finally figured out our passport photos had uh, no glasses, contacts, and as we were traveling because of the nature of that travel is very grueling. We wore our glasses. And so we looked into those little passport things and they saw glasses and thought we were terrorists. That's what happened. Can you imagine Laurie and I being flagged as terrorists? And that, we almost missed our flight home, but we, she and I were running through the Tel Aviv airport to get home because uh, we were somehow persona non grata while we were there. I want you to think about that Sabbath morning when Jesus showed up in, in church at Capernaum. I wonder what would it have been like for one of those good old faithful Jewish families to go to church that Sabbath morning. You know how, how it is when you get ready to go to church. You get up, uh, you have a little breakfast, but not too much because you know they're going to have coffee and maybe a breakfast sandwich at church. Anybody know about a breakfast sandwich at church? They're going to have them in the fellowship hall. So you need to save a little room as you're getting ready. Then, then it's always a struggle, even in Capernaum, to get the kids out of the house. You've got to bribe them with donuts at church. If you'll just be good until we get you to Sunday school, we'll get you a donut at church. I'm sure that happened to this family at Capernaum. You, you get everybody to their Sunday school classes. You sit through your Sunday school class. Finally, it's time for worship. 
in the synagogue. The music is good, just like it always is. You're in your usual seat. Everything is just normal and right and comfortable. Your synagogue fits you like a good pair of jeans. You know, it's well-worn. It's nothing fancy. But man, it just feels good to be in worship. It felt good on that morning, that Sabbath morning in Capernaum to be in worship. It's time for the preaching, and, and, and here's the first surprise. This uh, self-appointed guest rabbi just shows up and takes the mic from, from the regular rabbi. That's a little bit unusual. It doesn't happen very often, and I'm sure everybody was scanning the bulletin to see if this was in the program. Is this here? What is going on? But hey, you know what? A preacher is a preacher is a preacher. And if our preacher can get a break, that's fine. That's all right. You know, he's been a little boring lately. Maybe a week off will do him good. He preached for 35 minutes last Sunday, so maybe this will be better. You, 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 you kind of just watch this unfolding. The guest rabbi Jesus is there. You take a long sip of coffee and you eyeball your friends across the room. Everybody's watching. What is happening here? What's going to go on? This Jesus fellow gets started. Everybody's just hoping, like we all do, that, that he won't go too long. You know, we got a pot roast in the crock pot. It'll dry out if he goes more than 15 minutes. And Lord help us if our preacher wants to get up and say a few words after this preacher finishes. That's just a passive-aggressive way of preaching the sermon again. That's all that, that's all that means. But in a matter of in a matter of moments, this Jesus from Nazareth has captured the attention of the whole room. Even your 17-year-old is sitting at rapt attention. Jesus is speaking with power and authority. He's not, not at all like the normal preacher who's just regurgitating what he's read and heard. He's, he, Jesus is talking like this faith stuff is tangible and real and something you can, can live and put to work. People are whispering. They're whispering all over the synagogue, what is this? What is this? He can come back anytime. We like this guest preacher all at once. Second surprise of the morning, there is an ungodly shriek from the back pew, a crazy man says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Oh my, everybody turns. What have they put in his coffee this morning? <laughs> Ooh, Jesus says the words that are in everybody's mouth. Be quiet, be quiet. Somebody get Ken Blake to get some ushers and put this fella in the fellowship hall. Maybe put him anywhere else but here. We don't care. Then Jesus says something that nobody's thinking. Jesus says, come out of him. Come out of him. What did he say? Come out of him. Before you have time to process what is happening right in front of your very eyes, this unclean spirit mangles this poor man one final time, cries out with a loud voice, and leaves him. He just leaves him. <laughs> well, aren't you glad you didn't decide to stay home and watch online today? This is far more entertaining. Whispers, whispers fill the synagogue, a new, a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Mark is very concerned that we understand exactly who Jesus is. He is the Holy One of God. 
His authority and power extend beyond the religious and academic spheres. His authority and power apparently extend even over the powers of evil and darkness. I wonder what those faithful Jewish residents of Capernaum thought as they went home from church that day. I wonder how they processed what they'd seen as they walked by Peter's house and saw Jesus go in there. The teaching with authority would have been enough. I mean, that, even just that had them all excited. What in the world to do with this casting out of an unclean spirit to see the Holy One of God demonstrating His complete power over a part of life which is still so confoundingly terrifying and confusing. Why, no wonder, no wonder they were all amazed at this man. Jesus breaks through this boundary of a place which is marked by the absence of God with the full presence and power of God so that one of God's children can be delivered from that which has held him captive for no telling how long. Jesus is able to get the bad out of the man without taking the life out of the man. He can get the bad out of the man without taking the life out of the man. Only Jesus can do that. My goodness, I don't know how you think about evil and sin. We all think differently about evil and sin when we get right down to it. There is, for me, a line between that which is evil and that which is my own sin. I don't know always exactly how crisp that line is. I do know that when I sin, it is rarely the devil made me do it. It is usually my own selfishness made me do it. But there are unclean spirits which sometimes seem to have a hold on us that goes beyond just our own selfishness. A whole lot of it can be explained by psychology and mental health and should be explained by psychology and mental health, but there are some things that just cannot be explained in those ways. I find great hope here that the authority and power which Jesus extends from the simple and easy all the way through to the other side of the most terrifying places, which seem to be marked by the complete absence of God, I find great hope in that authority and power. The Holy One of God, Jesus, has the power to deliver us from all of it into new life. And Jesus has proven that He will, He will cross every boundary to set His people free so they can live so they can live. I hope after you've heard this that you will join me in praying for and expecting Jesus to show up and set people free. An epiphany moment is coming for all of us. Folks are hungry to find the Holy One of God who can set them free. What will you do when they show up in your life and Jesus shows up in theirs? How will you help them connect the dots. Get ready, sisters and brothers. It's coming, and we will all be amazed again at the authority and power of Jesus. He really is the Holy One of God. Aren't you glad to be following Him every day? Aren't you glad to be on the Jesus way? If you're not there yet, may I suggest that you consider it true life awaits true life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, 
May the people of God say, Amen. 